Hello folks, welcome to the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike and it's great to have you with us again today. We're going to get into part two of our message entitled, We Got This. Uh, we got this brother talking about intercessory prayer. Hope that blesses you. Have a wonderful day and uh, tune in next time when we'll wrap it up with our third part of the series. God bless you. Yeah, but then when, once he was, it was actually greater than what he was before, too. So, right. You know, you were talking about uh, God just killing him. I was going to say worse than that was God was just leaving. That would have been the worst thing. True. Uh, Good point. You know, um, if God had just left him there. But that's not the God that we serve. Uh, we serve a just God. Um, and uh, without getting into all that, you know, that wasn't God that put him on that. And since you've opened that door, I'm going to step into it just a minute. So often we, we do that. We blame God for bad things that happen. And that's really not how it works. It says that all things good are from God. We live in a sinful, fallen world, you know, from the day that we, Adam and Eve in the garden, when they made that choice, unfortunately, the wages of sin is death. And that's where we live in this world today. But God doesn't want us to be in that. And that's the reason why not only did Christ die on the cross for us that we could have eternal salvation, but that we were given the gift of the Holy Spirit to where he comes down to make us conquerors in this world of of sin and disease and death and all these other things that happen uh, in this realm here is not from God. So to blame God for that is, is the wrong aspect. And if you're out there listening and you, you, you're going, but wait, I encourage you just to listen with an open heart because you're blaming the wrong person. We, we often don't give God the credit and the devil the fault. We give God the credit when something good happens. And then we give him the fault when something bad happens, but it's not all that way. So anyway, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you with that as well. Yeah, and a lot of times it's our it's um, if we don't receive constant protection and blessings from God, a lot of it's it's our fault because we're not walking right. Yeah, that's right. You know, and but yet we you know we want all the promises from God, but we don't want to fulfill the conditions of those promises. Yeah, I posted something the other day on Facebook. Um, you know, once you're saved, God doesn't separate himself from you, but how you live will separate yourself from God. Well put. And, uh, you know, you can, you can, God's not going to force blessings and favor upon your life. And if you choose to walk in a path that's contrary to what he tells you to in the Bible, then you're not going to receive those things. Uh, it's just the way that goes. Not that he loves you any less. He loves you the same. Christ, while we were yet sinners, before we were even born, Christ died for us. And God had set all that up. He knew all these things. Even before we were created, God knew that this was all going to happen. I mean, that's how much he loved us, even then. But that doesn't mean that he's going to force it upon you. We have the greatest gift that we could ever have, and that's the free will. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and so just because we, you know, we through our rebellious behavior, and it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a Satanist right. to to walk in rebellion. You just have to do something that's displeasing to God. That's right. And we choose to do that because we want to satisfy the pleasures of our desires and our flesh rather than pleasing God. And and what we're doing is we're walking out from under his umbrella of blessings and protection. Yeah, and, uh, and then when something happens to us, we're mad at God. That's well, right. how come you didn't protect me? That's right. Or what really – and then sometimes, you know, sin is fun. We, let's, let's make no delusions about it. Sin is fun. Otherwise, why would people do it and be attracted to it so much? But sin is fun. But what will often happen is is the devil will let you play. You go and you'll play in sin and you'll you'll pull yourself away and you won't even realize just how far you have walked away from God. And then something will happen in your life. And then you go, where, what, 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 what? 
Well, where where's God? You know, and yeah. you and, and God, He's still there, but you have distanced yourself so far from Him that number one, everything that you had been taught or that you could have been taught to when you got in that circumstance that you would have been able to instantly change it. And I and I will say that you can. You have the authority to do that. But even if you couldn't, you would have had the faith to be able to see it through all the way through it and then not have the same impact upon you and your family or your finances or your life or whatever it may be, even your mentality. All because of made bad choices. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and um in the example of Job, you know, he was restored to right standing. He you know, he messed up, but he conf- and repented. That's right. He was restored to right standing with God, and that's when his intercessory prayer was effective right. on behalf of sinners. Yeah. So it's important that we walk in a manner that's pleasing to God yeah. on a daily basis. Yep. You know, we should concentrate on and trying to live our lives in a way that's pleasing in God's sight, that's right. um, so that our prayers can be more effective on behalf of others. Yeah, that's a good point. Our next example, Mike, is uh, Abraham, and uh, I think most people are familiar with this story. Uh, he was hanging out one day at his campsite, and, and God showed up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, Abraham put out a nice spread, and uh, they all had a nice meal. And then uh, as God was uh, going on his way, uh, Abraham walked with him for a little bit. And uh, he shared with Abraham what he was doing. He was heading down to Sodom and Gomorrah to check things out. <laughs> You know, he was heard a lot of uh, prayerful complaints, um, you know, people deeply wounded and hurt and, and maybe even murdered. Um, you know, if Abel's blood cries up from the ground, how much uh, murderous blood was, you know, murdered blood was crying out to God from Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And so he was going to check things out before he would exercise final judgment on him. You know, one last chance. <laughs> and Abraham interceded on behalf of the of the people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he knew how wicked they were. Absolutely. And, you know, it still, I guess it still bothered him. Mm-hmm. You know, divine judgment, final judgment, you know, no more hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God is long-suffering, but he does run out of patience. That's right. And I don't think, you know, I think in today's view of God, it's like, you know, He'll never get mad at you. He'll never hold you accountable. He'll never judge you. You know, everybody's going to heaven. And that simply isn't true. No. Well, God is just. That's the that's the whole mm-hmm. premise of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think God is in a bad mood. Um, I just think that God says it's this way or this way. And that's very simple. It's, it's just here's the way it is. And, and we have the choice to do that. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, it's not like he, um, now God has wrath. I'm not saying that he doesn't. But I'm, uh, you know, in today's covenant, I, it, you have the option. God's not mad. It's just, hey, this is your choice that you get to make. God wants everybody in heaven. Right. But you have to make the choice yes. to be able to get there. So. Yeah. And, and he tells us what's right and wrong according to his standard. Right. He tells us what the consequences are right. if we choose to obey him or if we choose to uh, disobey him. Right. And yet we still get mad at him for exercising judgment. Yeah. And even during this time in the Old Testament, you know, these were still, there were laws. And God said, hey, if you do these, I mean, this is, if you do this, this will wipe out these sins. If you do this and live this way, and of course, the law was, was I mean, it was it rough, right? I mean, I mean, it, it hard, but God still said this way, 
you know, if you'll do things this way, this is the results, you know, of it. Mm-hmm. And what happened was is when Sodom and Gomorrah just said, well, we're not doing any of it. Uh, you know, matter of mm-hmm. fact, we're just going to live into the flesh, and that's right. all we're going to do. Yeah, they, they made themselves God is what they did. Yeah, they, they, these are two societies that just kind of, they just drifted away from God over time, and they just got so far away that they were basically at the point of no return. That's right. That's right. And so Abraham, you know, is interceding on their behalf. Yeah, and I'm, I think one of the major motivations might have been because his son, his his nephew Lot right. and his family lived there, right. and so you know he was. That's why he was saying, "Well, if you find any righteous people there, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he was thinking about Lot. Yeah. Um, will you destroy it? You know, if you find fifty, will you destroy it?" And God said, "No, he wouldn't." And he just worked his way down to what, what? a negotiation tactic. Huh? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. And yeah. he just worked his way down to, I think, five. Yeah, yeah, moved and, it on down there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and God, you know, being just and merciful, said, okay, if I find five, I'll, I'll spare the city. Yeah. And, but unfortunately, you know, um, when, when uh, the two men arrived there, I, I'm guessing they're angels on behalf of God. Yeah, that's what uh, I interpret it. Yeah. And, and uh, the way the town folk there wanted to treat them. You know, that just, you know, it's all over with. Yeah. Instead of sparing the city, God God spared the righteous. Yeah. You know, told them to, to get out of the city because, you know, final judgment was going to come upon them. Yeah. And, you know, one thing to remember with that, too, you know, here's Abraham negotiating with God who already knew. Mm-hmm. And, and Abraham knew that God already knew as well, you know. But um, when he's talking to him about that, but, you know, God, God is um, – He's also a God that listens. I think there's a good lesson in that, is that it's a, God already knew the answer, but he still had the conversation with Abraham. And you're talking about intercessory prayer. God may already know the outcome, but God still listens. And as we pray for them, that can, that can move um, you know, things to happen, and God can move things and, and make things happen in a way based upon our prayer with that, because he'll listen as well. Anyway. Yeah, in both of these examples, in fact, uh, most of these examples, if not all of them, um, it, they're inter- intercessory prayer on behalf of sinners. Yeah, yeah. Which I find interesting. Um, but really, you can intercede on anyone. You know, you can intercede on uh, someone's behalf for anything. Yeah, you yeah. Know, financial well, problems, health problems, right. uh, turmoil in the family. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that's important to point out, you know, with the sinners as well. That goes back to that love factor. It's easy to love people that you agree with. Um, it's a little bit harder to, to love people that you don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about Jesus himself when he ate with the tax collectors and, you know, had the prostitutes that, you know, drew water. I mean, it's just he was gravitated to minister to those people because he loved them. Not that he didn't love the others. Uh, he loved everyone. I believe that. But um, those that were uh, sinners didn't think that they didn't need to be changed you know what i'm saying like some people are so so righteous Mm -hmm. so religious that they they have such a hardened heart that they don't even realize it that they can't be changed Mm -hmm. but sinners on the other hand most of the time they know they're kind of messed up (laughs) you know what i'm saying yes and uh you hear it all the time man I, i don't deserve to be alive today or you know i don't know how i made it here you know and i'm not talking about saved people i'm just talking about people that i know that are are not saved and in the world saying, I don't even know how I made it through my teens, man. You know, <laughs> they know that they, they, they live a wrong life and a hard life and, 
you know, so on and so forth. So yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the story that Jesus told, where the the Pharisee was at the front of the temple bragging about all his righteous acts and accomplishments, right. and uh, a wicked sinner was in the back, wouldn't even raise his eyes to God. He just beat his chest and said, "Lord, forgive me, I'm a That's sinner." Right. That's right. Well, he was the one that got forgiven. That's right. You know, the the one living the righteous life yeah. uh, didn't go home, you know, justified before God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we ought to, you know, we ought to be praying for each other and all those things. And we do that here in our church, and every church should. You ought to be praying for your members together, edifying with each other, uh, edifying each other in the church, too, and lifting each other up. But really, outside of these walls, these centers, we ought to be doing that, too.